How's it going today, guys? I'm back here live in the studio once again for the episode of Hot Takes with CP3. Today is Friday, December 27th, 2019. We just got off work and I think Jameis Winston might have just thrown another interception as well. Not too sure about that one or not, but got a great show for y'all once again. We got a college football playoff. Both teams are in my town this week back here in Atlanta, guys. Um, got a great show once again. Me and Cohen are going to do everything today. I'm about to take everything out to the show with me and him, but I'm excited for this one, guys. I mean, it's what it's what the whole college football season basically came down to is this playoff. So let's get after it. Let's have a great week. We talk some NFL Week 17, maybe a little, little NBA, but let's get down to it. gentlemen, degenerates and saints, how's it going? My name is Cohen Hughes. Welcome to the Daily Degenerate Podcast, episode 121. <clears throat> it is December 27th, two days after Christmas. Hot and heavy into bowl season, hot and heavy into NFL week 17. The playoff implications, seeding, who's in, who's out, all that jazz. Um, joined via Skype. In the Daily Degenerate Studios, I have our very own Thomas Penland from Hot Takes with TP3. Um, Penland, my man, how's it going? Pretty good, Cohen. Um, excited to be back on the podcast once again. I appreciate you having me on, and we got a lot of good content for everybody today. Yes, we do. Um, <clears throat> I know it is bowl season, so we are betting on games at Friday at 4 p.m., we are betting on games on uh, noon on Saturdays. We're, we're betting on Tuesday night football. Um, me and you had a good one the other night with the Hawaiian Rainbow Warriors playing a, <laughs> playing a game on the mainland, the Big Island. Oh, yeah. You know, that was that was a little more sweaty than I'd like to get on Christmas Eve. But, yes. you know, you got to do what you got to do, man. <laughs> they ended up pulling that one out. That was the only sporting event all day. We waited for it all day, and it didn't disappoint. Honestly, I did not think that we had any chance. I thought after the first half, I thought we were fine. But that second half, I mean, I, we didn't have any business covering, and we went it outright. When BYU threw that pick at the end, I was at my parents' house. I started jumping up and down. My mom looked at me with the biggest face of regret, disappointment, and just looked at me and said to her, she said, you have a problem. Three three words. Four words. You have hey, that a was, problem. Hey, what did I tell you before the game? That was one of my uh, strongest positions of the entire bowl season was that mm-hmm. game. I, I felt like Hawaii was the much better team. I mean, they just, I don't know, it's just like they went conserv- ultra-conservative when by 10 points in the second half, which when you're in an offense like Hawaii does, you just got to sit back there and let, and let McDonald's sling it. And once they went right back to that, what happened? They ended up winning the game, you know? Yes, they did. Um, <clears throat> slow first half. 
for um, for McDonald. Um, finished with what three or four? I think passing touchdowns. Um, looked real good. And the the thing that I was most excited for this week. Um, I guess we'll move on to the NFL um, because now we start to actually cement in playoff seating and kind of who gets buys, who doesn't, who's playing for their life, who's not. There's three teams currently that are outside the playoffs but can get in. In the NFC, it's the Cowboys, and in the AFC, it's the Steelers and the Raiders. Seeding can get mixed around a little bit, and the wild card teams can change, division leaders can change. But Penland, take us through some of the games that actually matter this weekend on Sunday. Yeah, okay, so I'm going to do this as best I can, guys. I've got it all pulled up here. Uh, can't, sorry, I don't, I don't know it all off the top of my head, but here we go. Yeah, so God. Kansas Damn City. It, <laughs> so so uh, Kansas City clinches a first round bye if they win and New England loses because New England is currently 12 and three and they're 11 and four and they hold the tiebreaker because of head to head. New England wins, they get a first round bye here. Um, Oakland is currently seven and eight. They play Denver this weekend. By the way, the Patriots are playing the Dolphins and the Chiefs are playing the Chargers. Um, yeah, both of them are at home. Oakland is at Denver, so Oakland wins if the, so. Oakland's in if they win. Pittsburgh loses. Tennessee loses. Indianapolis they win via the strength of of a schedule or um, victory tiebreaker over Pittsburgh, and then Oakland clinches a strength of victory tiebreaker if um if Pittsburgh or one of these teams um um also wins or ties pittsburgh wins or ties they clinch it if that chicago detroit chargers or the patriots win so it's a pretty yeah it's a pretty crazy um scenario there for them to get in yeah i mean because if they're still tied like let's yeah like let's say if pittsburgh Oakland, and the titans win pittsburgh wins a tiebreaker over all of them oakland can only win the tiebreaker if that all those teams lose and then they would have to win the tiebreaker and then they can only Win also with yeah so basically like it's it's almost impossible for Oakland to get in. Um, Pittsburgh is at Baltimore. Um, Pittsburgh is in if they win or um, and it, um, Tennessee ties or loses. So basically Pittsburgh has to win. Tennessee has to tie or lose. Um, Pittsburgh could tie and Tennessee loses or Tennessee loses. Indianapolis wins. Oakland loses or ties or Tennessee loses. Indianapolis wins. Pittsburgh ties Oakland and then uh, Oak and uh, Pittsburgh and Oakland loses, so they win the strength of victory. Uh, it's it's I don't even yeah want to get into all Tennessee clinches if they win. So t- basically, if Tennessee wins, they're in, and none when of that other stuff in. I just said matters. Yeah, and if they tie and Pittsburgh loses, then they're also in. Um, let's come over here now to the NFC. Um, in the NFC, obviously, the Cowboys have to win, and Dallas has, or I mean, Philadelphia has to lose. If Philadelphia wins, obviously, they're in. Dallas plays the Redskins at home. Um, Green Bay is at Detroit this week, and Green Bay clinches a first round by if they win. If if they win, they automatically clinch it, or if New Orleans loses, they automatically clinch it. If they tie, San Francisco, um, San Francisco loses, and Green Bay loses. I mean, and Green Bay ties and New Orleans ties. It's it's a crazy scenario there. Yeah. Green Bay clinches home field advantage throughout the playoffs if they win and San Francisco loses their ties, and the Green could tie and San Francisco and New Orleans both lose or or San Francisco or New Orleans ties. Green Bay clinches clinches the um, 
home field throughout the playoffs. So probably not. Basically, basically, if the 49ers win, not only do they clinch the division, but they clinch they um, they clinch the number one overall seed. So they have home field throughout the playoffs. Um, New Orleans clinches a first round bye if they win and Green Bay loses. So basically, Green Bay loses, New Orleans will get a first round bye, and then also. If um, San Francisco loses as well in New Orleans wins, they would get a first round by um, Phil. I already said Philadelphia and then Seattle. This is the craziest one here. Seattle, Seattle, Seattle could end is, up being either one, two, three or five. Mm-hmm. They have to win. Well, they have to win and Green Bay has to lose in order for them to get a first round by and they could get a play up. They could get home field throughout. If Green Bay loses, if they win, obviously, and then Green Bay and New Orleans both lose. So Bay, so Green Bay and New Orleans would both have to lose. And, I mean, I would make an argument that Detroit's been the worst team in the NFL since about – probably since that uh, Packers game. I'd make an argument Detroit's been the worst team in the league, basically since Stafford went down. Yeah. Um. What 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 should what should we uh what should we cover next here? Um, you want to talk about the games that are coming up here and and break those down a little bit, or what do you want to do? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll talk about some of the games. Um, in terms of most important game, what do you think the most important game of this weekend is? It's it's tough. I think honestly, I would say the most important game is the last game of the entire day is the 49ers versus the Seahawks. Cause there's a lot of different quick, crazy, wacky things that could happen there in that game. Um, when I look down here at all these games this weekend, I mean, the saints are playing freaking Will Greer. If they can't beat Will Greer, I don't even know if they deserve to be in the playoffs. So, I mean, I think I don't see any way the saints lose. I mean, like I said, the Packers, Me neither. I mean, both these teams are double digit favorites. I mean, I don't see any way that they lose. I mean, David Blau. Yeah. He had that good first quarter ever since that quarter where he threw two touchdown pass in the first quarter. He's thrown two touchdowns there ever since. Also think uh, Tennessee and Houston's a good game too. I know the spread. I think that'll be the most with- competitive game of the day. Yeah, I don't think I don't think Houston's necessarily just going to come out there and give up. You know, nope. um, I just I just don't see why they would. You know, they Houston's still going to play their guys here, so I just don't see them saying whatever. Screw it, like y'all go ahead and get in. You want to keep your rival, if anything, out of the playoffs. You know, hundred percent. And so I think that one could be another good one as well. But, you know, honestly, I kind of hate NFL Week 17. I probably won't. I've got a couple bets for y'all that I'll put out here whenever you want to get to bets. But mm-hmm. I don't I don't have a crazy amount of bets, honestly, for this for this week. I mean, it was hard to find some like whenever we do our NFL best bets or three NFL best bets. It was mm-hmm. it was hard to find games that are actually sort of relevant that you can get any sort of read on. Because a lot of these games, will you'll play the the starters for a quarter or two, and then and then you'll get to see third string guy. You know, like it's almost yep. kind of like a preseason game for for mm-hmm. a lot of teams who are just into the playoffs and are just coasting. So it was hard to actually find games that mattered that we can get a read on or that we can actually predict. Because the rest of them is just a crapshoot. Like, who knows how Matt Schaub is going to play for the Falcons this week? You know, like who knows. Yeah, and it's more so you just got to find who has the motivation, you know. Like, honestly, something I kind of wanted to talk about, and I'm sure you want to talk about too, is, you know, I feel like that the Falcons, they kind of don't really have any motivation anymore this week, you know. Now that the thing I want to talk about, though, is it was announced this morning that we're going to keep Dimitrov and Dan Quinn. I mean, yeah. what do you – Yeah. just from looking at your, yeah. your face right now, yeah. what do you have to say about it, Cody? Yeah. Um, <clears throat> Arthur Blank, 
committed a act of dastardly cowardice today, saying that in the name of continuity and familiarity, that Dan Quinn will remain the head coach for the Atlanta Falcons for another 16 games, a whole other calendar year. And my problem's not with Dimitrov. Dimitrov, to me, gets talented guys and makes enough moves in the draft to be considered aggressive and that we can keep him around. Dimitrov has a, has a nose for finding talent. Look at where he picked Calvin Ridley. Look at where he picked Grady Jarrett. Look at where he picked Matt Ryan. Look at, look at the move he went and made to get jo- Julio Jones. Devontae Freeman, yeah, he, he, he found him later on in the draft, but he decided to pay him too much money. But he's a good draft guy. He's a good wizard. So I'm down to keep Dimitrov. Quinn, on the other hand, is I get it's all hunky-dory with the fucking, oh, they can finish the season 6-2. and two. That's a great half of the season. Well, yeah, it's, exactly, it's a half of a season. He's notorious for not having his guys ready and prepared 16 games in four in four quarters. Look at the his first year ever in the in in the league as a head coach. We start the Falcons started out 5 and 1 and then missed the playoffs. We're the only team ever to do that. Dan Quinn is notorious for not having his guys ready for an entire term and I understand who are you going to get? Who else are you going to get? Well, my my last two coaches were nobodies before before we found a Mike Smith and Dan Quinn. So I don't like that argument. Who are you going to get? There's always someone waiting in somebody's ranks that's a good coach, that's ready for their first chance, that can prove themselves. I just think that this whole Dan Quinn brotherhood, give me a t-shirt with a slogan on it and I'll wear it, I think that's total bullshit. I think it's all bullshit. I think Dan Quinn is a nice guy. I, I love him to death, but he is an absolutely awful NFL coach. And the fact that he has both of his hands on my NFL team is sad. Really fucking sad. So I absolutely hate the move to bring him back. The guys seem to like him, which is odd to me because he's kind of a fucking crackpot. But, hey, what are you going to do? You know, look, this is the way I'm going to look at it. I was pissed off this morning. I woke up, was working at about 8.30 this morning, and I just got the notification. I was like, well, my day's ruined, and it just started. But, you know, this is the way I look at Dan Quinn. Like, he's a great motivator. He seems to do well with the guys. It just comes down to those little small decisions where the game can go either way, and he just can't seem to do it. You know, like the Falcons this year, based off pretty much all everything except for in the win-loss column, have been a top-10 team in the NFL. Just as we can't win those close games. That was the story last year. We lost, How many games was it we lost in like – we lost so many games we in like the last – um, yeah, last season when we lost oh. so many games. No, it was like we lost like six games decided in like the last couple <clears throat> seconds of yep. the game. Mm-hmm. And I mean, at this, at, that's what that's coaching for you right there. You know, that if you is. look at the teams like the Patriots, if you look at all They're these the other teams, like they games. seem to some. We're the ones who lose them. Yeah, they get it done in those like the Seahawks. They get it done in those. It's all coaching. That is straight up coaching. And you know, I just feel like man that Dan Quinn, he just doesn't. He can't win in those situations, but I don't hate the decision to keep him around one more year. Look, the guys like him. Everyone's bought in. We have a very talented roster. If we don't make the playoffs this year, he absolutely has to go. I'm I'm okay with giving him one more shot, I guess. I was pretty pissed off about it this morning. I guess I'm fine with giving him one more shot because, you know, there's a lot of these other coaches who can't really um, get a locker room going and everything. I guess they're going to let him try and see if what he's doing can work for us out for us one more season. 
I understand the injuries. <clears throat> I think that that is the worst part about football is having to deal with injuries because it's such a rough game. Um, <clears throat> it just seems like, to me, Dan Quinn is everything that his little slogans are not. He's not tough. He's not resilient. The only thing he has is resilient. It's because he can find a way to lose all these games in a row and lose these games in the same fashion and still somehow do almost the same thing. Our defense only started playing whenever he gave up play calling. The first game they, that he handed over duty to Jeff Olbrick, we yeah, but we, we but won the turnover margin by four or five. But I don't like other coaches, or I don't like my head coach also being a coordinator, just because like I mean, look at Freddie Kitchens for example. Like, there's so many of these games where Freddie Kitchens, you know, he's he's just like he takes a timeout too late. You know, he doesn't have the personnel ready to go. He has well, to take a timeout. He doesn't have time to think. Day. Yeah, you know, like these coaches, man, like they just don't like you. I feel like you don't want to be the offense. You know what I mean? You don't want both duties. And I feel like that might have been hurting Quinn some. Honestly, the way we have turned it around, I'm okay with giving Quinn one more year. He's our coach. I'm going to accept it. But I definitely understand your frustrations and everything. I feel like that, you know, we might as well give him one more year. And then that's a statement that I could agree with. We might as well give him one more year because guess what? Matt Ryan and Julio Jones, the window is closed. It's, it's yeah, done, and he, this, this is a new NFL, so we're just playing out the rest of their careers, and then we're going to get with Calvin Ridley and insert quarterback name here. Yeah, and also look at all these other teams when they get new coaches. I mean, there's some teams where the players don't even buy into a, co a new coach, and he's gone in one year, and it's a complete dumpster fire. You know, the fact that Quinn got these guys to buy in and still play hard for him after at the start, I mean— that does say a lot about somebody, you know, if you can get guys after starting out one and seven to still buy in and go out there and play their ass off for you. I mean, like if I'm a guy like Julio, I'd be like, shit, I'm making my money. I could but care less. Like I'm going to sit out with this shoulder. But Julio's like, no, I want to yeah. be out there. I want to win games. You know, why couldn't we, we buy in at zero and zero? Well, I mean, they were definitely bought in. We just couldn't do it on defense, man. Like our offense, like in that Cardinals game, we could not get a stop the to save our lives. 38 to 37. Yeah. The same Arizona thing with Cardinals. the Colts. The fifth yeah, game. Like, the fifth game, exactly. Of like our, NFL career, we let him put up thirty-eight. Mm-hmm. Like the offense has never been a problem for us. It's just been the defense. Like honestly, we have one of the best offenses in the league, in my opinion. We just, if we could ever got the defense going, like it's like it took our defense that long to get going. And I mean, our defense has been fantastic since. The key was we had no pass rush, and now we can actually get to the quarterback. That's all it is. Is the pass. I want rush. every everybody who even knows anything remote about the Falcons to send an apology letter to the University of Alabama's campus entitled Steve Sarkeesian. I tried to say that Steve Sarkeesian was a good mm -hmm. offensive coordinator. It was the defense allowing did. 45 a game that would put us in bad situations, and he would have to come up with something tricky. Now we got Dirk Cutter, the most uncreative motherfucker in the world, and we're still putting up 35, 38 points a game? Come on. Hey, I agree with you completely, but – Let's keep things moving because I know we could both sit here and rant about it. God, Let me ask you this you know before we get to our best bets here. Do you think that – like, do you see any crazy upsets happening? And if so, what would – even if you don't, give me one that, like, possibly could happen. I could see a few. Um, I could see – I could see the, the – the, um, I could definitely see the, the, the Titans, you know, beating, beating up on the Texans and finding a way to get in. I would like to think, though – and, and I call this an upset because I would like to think that the Texans will march in business. Um, I was reading something before before we go we went live about how the Texans may not mind 
uh, letting the, the Titans in the playoffs because they'd be a tough matchup for maybe Kansas City. So I could see that game going going uh, like a little bit sideways. Um, I could see the Dolphins tr- trying to give the Patriots the third seed instead of a first-round bye. And then I, I got a fact for you. The Patriots have never won a Super Bowl when they do not have the first-round bye. I like the Giants trying to upset the Eagles and keep them out of the playoffs. I think the Giants would rather see the Cowboys go in than the than the Eagles go in just because of that rivalry. Um, I, I also like the Redskins maybe to get the Cowboys a real competitive game because they hate the Cowboys more than they hate the Eagles. Yeah, the Redskins actually have not been that bad. I'd make the argument, honestly, the Redskins are a little underrated give as me, well. Give me the Redskins like record against the spread this year because I know I've, I've won big money on the Redskins at least three times this year against the spread. I have too, but that uh, fumble that strip sack at the end of the Eagles game, that'll that's still yeah, haunting me. That one, will, that one will haunt us for all of our days. Yeah, here, I'm pulling up the Redskins ATS right now, but I agree with you. I think the big upset is either – I think – I've got. Let's put it this way. I have both these teams. The Redskins are six and nine against the spread, three and twelve straight up. So they should. So they're they're they should twice as good as their seven record and eight. The spread. Yeah, they should be seven and eight. But um, you know, I I think it, if anyone gets upset here, it'd be Philadelphia. I think that's the one I see most likely happening. I will be laying the point or take taking the points for the Giants. Um, I've. Seattle, San Francisco, I'll talk about it in the bets segment, but that's going to go one of two ways. Look, there's part of logic I was hearing about earlier is Seattle could technically give up on this. They could try to go all in at the beginning of the game, get up big, and then just give up if that they basically are getting blown out to not get hurt because they know they're going to have to play the following week. You know what I mean? So, like, Mm -hmm. it's one of those games that Seattle falls behind two scores. They might give up. Or they may just pack it in in general before the game starts as well. You know, that could be a factor in this game, but – I mean, Seattle is an underdog in primetime at night. I mean, Seahawks at the Seahawks primetime at home is the best spot in all of NFL sports betting. It is if the Seahawks are at, at home, me, it's an auto bet. I will definitely be taking it. Oh, I just since, don't know how heavy I'll be taking since it. Since 01, they're like 9-1 and one on Monday Night Football at home. No, it's even it's even better than that. I don't have the exact stats available to me oh, right now. Right. I I could get them actually. I'll get I'll get them for us. Um, we got to add two on it because they're two and zero this year. But I could see I could see that. And then my other upsets, I could honestly see somehow the Raiders sneaking in here, man. I really I was saying the same I, thing. And look, I'll tell I don't you why on three NFL best bets. Okay, okay. Well, actually, you know, why don't we go? Let's just go ahead and do it. I mean, Jump I don't right see in. anything else. Let's All right. Do so it. my first NFL best bet is the one that I just teased. It is the Oakland Raiders money line. They know that they have to take care of business to even have to have a remote shot of getting in because, like Penland told us, there's about eight different things that have to happen. And I think that Gruden is going to motivate the locker room enough to say win, and then we'll throw our hands up and we'll see what happens. Raiders money um, line is 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 one of my three NFL best bets. What's the money line at? Um, I had it written down and then I clicked off of it. It will be at plus one fifty. Okay. Okay. Not, maybe not as good as you would want it, being being plus three on the spread. But um, if it jumps to like one seventy five or something, smash it. I do have one thing I want to say though. Teams that are um, teams that like have to win and get into the playoffs in like a must win scenario, they're thirty five percent against the spread. So I think that is factored in a little bit. So I'm definitely going to be treading with caution on these games, but. 
I don't disagree with you. I could definitely see the see the Raiders getting that one done. I mean, this is one of their last games ever as being the the Raiders, and I think the they're Oakland you know Raiders. I feel win the last ever Oakland Raider game. <laughs> yeah, I think they're motivated. Um, so the Seahawks in night games, um, they in in night games they're twenty four six and three against the spread. That's eighty percent since two thousand and seven. They also that was going into the season. They also were two and zero this year against the spread. Depending on what you had it in that Rams game, it was at minus one or one and a half. I had. One, Actually, that that one would have pushed. That was a push, and then they won the other one. So now it's twenty five six and uh and four, depending on what number you had. But the Seahawks in night games at home are fifteen three and two ATS since November two thousand seven. As an underdog, they're eleven and two ATS since two thousand and six. In December, which they are now, they're ten and zero against the spread since twenty eleven. In night games, there's a team with a winning record. They're eleven and three ATS since December two thousand six. I mean, I. I have to auto bet San Francisco, or I mean Seahawks here. I mean it's just a little. They, depending on what happens throughout the day, that'll determine if it's a if it's a five U, which would be game of the year play. But it, it, like that's how strong I feel on it. But for my first best bet here, I will go with the Pittsburgh Steelers. I have a five U game of the year play out on this one. Look, I feel like Pittsburgh has their back against the wall here. Yet yeah, this game's in Baltimore. Um, I also have the under in this game. These two teams have gone under almost every, I think, like the last um, eight or nine times they've played in Baltimore, and they haven't scored over 40 in Baltimore since 2013, which was a playoff game. But I like, I think Pittsburgh, I've got a 5U on Pittsburgh, and I think they win here. So, I mean, there's just too many players out this week for the Ravens. I feel like the Ravens have no motivation. They got guys out. Pittsburgh, they got to get it done here with Duck Hodges, man. I think I think they'll do it. I think the kind of the same thing with the Raiders win and you're in, you know, kind of deal. I think they're just going to take care of business on their front. Number one, Mike Tomlin is my, in my opinion, is coach of the year. I think he's going to motivate the guys, and I think he's just going to just flat out get a win against a half absent Raven squad. And it's weird because um, we're not used to seeing a Ravens underdog right here. So it's going to be an interesting spot to be in to see if they actually try to win the game or just kind of pack it in and sail off. Um, what do you have as your second best bet, or did you go, or did you have Steelers as well? No, I had um, Atlanta Falcons money line. I'm not saying that I that I disagree with you to say that the Falcons have no motivation, but um, I think that this is one of those games that they're going to try to you know get to seven and nine and then not be so bad. Um, Falcons money line against the Bucks. It's a pick. It's a pick. Straight pick right now. I assume that as we hear about more guys like Evans and Godwin will be officially out. I feel like it'll go up into the Falcons favor a little bit, maybe like Falcons minus two. Mm-hmm. So um, I would get it now. Falcons money line, Falcons pick, whatever you want to do. Um, I actually kind of disagree with you on that one. I, I'm going to say this though. I don't like strongly disagree with it or anything enough that like I would bet anyone on it. You know what I mean? But yeah, I just feel like that game can go one of two ways. I mean, you know, Jameis is going to throw one or two interceptions. I just don't know how much Julio and even how much we'd see Matt Ryan. You know, I don't know how much the Falcons are going to come out here and try. I do know one thing. They always do. Like remember last year where where Matt Ryan had that that receiving touchdown in that game. They always tend to open it up and, and, and go really hard in the last game of these losing seasons. But let me just say this, though. The Buccaneers' defense has been playing better. They have horrible secondary, but they have great defense it other was than that. At one point, the number one run defense in the NFL. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. They have a great defense. And on top of all those things, I really feel like that Brashad Perryman, I mean, he's he could potentially be playing for a new contract. 
Jameis is in a contract year. They have all these guys on the offense that are going to be in this game that no one knows anything about. You know, these guys are all playing to make a name for themselves. Like, wow, look what this guy did when he had a chance. You know, these guys are playing to get more money and to get a bigger paycheck. I don't like going against that. So for that reason, I'm going to stay away from that one. But, you know, if you have a strong if you have a strong angle on that, don't let me talk you off on that one. You know what I'm saying is like I'm not I'm definitely not betting that game. Yeah, and then the only reason I'm kind of leaning is because Evans and Godwin will both be out, and uh, Godwin's the one that did the most damage against Atlanta in yeah. the home. So that's, that's where I'm going with my second pick, Atlanta Moneyline. I like that. Um, my second pick, I am going to go ahead here, and whew, I've got – you know what? I'm – I've already given out the the Seahawks. I already said that one. So y'all check me. Y'all follow me on Twitter at TP3Wins and on Instagram at TP3Bets. Y'all see what I end up, how much much I end up throwing on that one. But that one's definitely going to be in the cards. But I'm going to go with the Bengals plus three here against the Browns. Look, the Browns are getting 77% of tickets right now. Yet the spread has not moved from minus three. I mean, the Browns are pretty much given up on the season. They're out of the playoffs now. You apparently Jarvis Landry and Odell Beckham Jr. going up to these other teams and saying, "Save um, me, get come, me out of here." Yeah. Yeah, come get me. I mean, they don't want to be there. This team's an absolute shambles. Freddie Kitchens might be fired. I mean, this team's just an absolute dumpster fire. This game's at home. I mean, Kitchen's this is done. an in-state rivalry. You know, there's this is this is a this is a flyover state rivalry right here. You know, I really think Cincinnati's going to come out here. They can't. I mean, they're on the clock, so nothing's really going to change for them. Also, here's something else. Andy Dalton, I think, is like a he might be like one win away, and he's like 200 yards and like three touchdowns away from like breaking all these Bengals franchise records. The guys like Andy Dalton and they're all bought in with Dalton. I think they come out here, Dalton balls out and get the win. I like Dalton player props over and I like the Bengals to win this game straight up, but I'm going to take the three points. And I like where your head's at with that, especially because if you're into this kind of stuff, go online and look up some of these guys like contract bonuses. Like there was, um, who was the guy last night from the Giants that that reached his after a stat correction? It was like ten and a half sacks, and he ended up getting uh, it because there was a half Gold. change to a full. Marcus Golden is that who it was? Yeah, yeah, the so, end. Yeah, so so go and look up like like if if some of this is public knowledge, go look up some of their contract bonuses. Like like he was saying, Andy Dalton had two hundred yards to beat the Bengals record. Go up and look up stuff like that. That way you can see if you know some of these guys are going to go hard for a few quarters or not. Yep, I agree with you completely. Uh, what do you have as your last best bet? Philadelphia minus three. I think that um, as much as you can, you are you don't want to lose and then leave the tiebreakers uh, up to it. I think that Philadelphia, while they are injured, and they are maybe, in my opinion, a worse team than the Cowboys, they seem to be a little bit more better motivated. And the Cowboys have so much inside turmoil right now that I'm not going to bet on them. I know that me and you talked about upset alerts, but that was kind of more just I could see this maybe being the case. Uh, Philadelphia minus three, get in the playoffs, and win your division. Um, I, yeah, I'm i actually – my last bet is the other side from you here. Ooh. I have the, I have the Giants at plus four, four and a half in some shops as mm-hmm. well. Mm-hmm. Um, four Philadelphia, Philadelphia doesn't have Zach Ertz now. Um, they also are going to be without <laughs> Ronald Darby. They're without Aguilar. Um, I, I'm not sure if Lane. I mean, that secondary is bad. Darby's awesome. one of the better guys they got. Yeah, I just feel like they're they just got. so. Yeah, I feel like they're so beat up now. I mean, Danny Dimes came out looked confident. This is a rivalry right here. There's nothing more you would love to see than the Giants send home. 
the Eagles here and keep them out of the playoffs. Also think about this. They probably like Jason Garrett being the head coach there of the Cowboys. If Garrett can win this game and get the Cowboys in the playoffs, his job might be saved. Oh, his job is so, so I like the I like the Giants here to come out and win a game. And you know, Pat Shermer's job's on the line as well here. So there's but, a know, lot he on the loses line. It, though. That's that that that's the only difference. He loses it. He loses mm-hmm. his job. He loses this game. Pat Shermer is an absolute wet sock. He's a nobody. He's a he's a scum. He's a peon. He's not a good head coach. <laughs> he's an absolute Jerry. Like if you watch Rick and Morty, Pat Shermer is an absolute Jerry. He has he has no backbone. He's a little twerp underneath my fingernails. What he is, he's losing his job this weekend. He's not good. Nobody likes him. If is there any shot that Eli plays this weekend? No, it's it's Danny Dimes. Sure. So they wanted to usher out Eli on his last home win and let him ride off into the sunset. Yeah, plus that gives Danny Dimes an over uh, 500 win. Or, I mean, that gives uh, Eli Manning over 500 for his entire career playing quarterback. That. So, yeah. yeah, that's what I I'm like saying. That, so they, I don't. They made a good move doing that, I think. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. So I don't see them wanting to screw that up for him. So, but like I'm saying, Pat Shermer's a wet sock. He's a low energy individual. He's He's a no. <laughs> you really okay. don't like Pat Shermer, no, well, do you? Dude, I, I honestly wish I did. Like the Giants are low key, are kind of like a five team. I, I, I kind of caught myself rooting for the Giants sometimes because of Odell, because of Eli, because of Danny Dimes. I don't Danny know if Dimes, I'd call a, a. I don't know if I'd call a three and twelve team or whatever they are low yeah. key five. Yeah, but, but I, I, I like cheering for them. You know, they got some good guys. Evan Ingram, you know, I think I some. They got some players. But I just wish they wouldn't have a wet sock as a fucking head coach. I'd rather have Ben McAdoo. That's the thing. Like Shermer's awful. He's he's. I like he's the McAdoo. Stuff. I like the McAdoo mustache in middle part. But yeah, yeah. Let's. Uh, you want to want to talk about the final four and the couple bowl games? Then we'll get out of here. That is exactly what I had in mind. Um, Do it. Let's see what we got going. I, I just had him up. We'll talk about the final four last. Um, where the fuck's that button? There it is. Okay, so we will go Cotton Bowl, Penn State and Memphis. Line um, right now okay. is at seven, Memphis plus seven. Um, if you can get down to six and a half, I, I like Penn State minus six and a half. Okay, so usually – I'm one of those guys who it takes big into consideration where public money is and everything, and the public is all over Penn State here. Oh, wow, they went down to 67%. That makes me feel a little bit better at it. But they opened minus 9.5. They're down to 7. means Memphis is getting hammered. But I'm going to be honest. I don't understand why anyone would bet on Memphis in this game, and I love Penn State in this game. The, the way I look at this game, the AAC, the American Athletic Conference, they've gotten absolutely destroyed this bowl season. SMU, FAU, I'm not going to go into the details, but basically the game opened minus three. SMU closed SMU minus nine. They got absolutely smoked by freaking FAU without their coaches and without seven starters. Then on top of all that, you have today Temple come out and just get absolutely train wrecked by North Carolina. I mean, that wasn't even a game. I never, I didn't sweat that one for a second. Um, so I think the AAC is a lot more behind them. Also, Memphis, they played Ole Miss this season and could barely even move the ball against them. They haven't seen a front four like Penn State has, which is one of the nope. best in the nation. Yep. I think even if Penn State comes out unmotivated, they will march up down, up and down the field on this awful Memphis defense. Memphis's defense is pretty bad. Memphis, the way they play is they outscore you. They don't stop mm-hmm. you on defense. They outscore you. 
And let's not forget, they don't have Mike Norvell. They don't have any of the assistant coaches. They have an offensive line coach being the head coach here calling plays. So I hate everything in Memphis's favor here, and I, I think Penn State absolutely train wrecks them. I don't see the game being close, to be honest with you. So for the first time in a long time, we're going we're gonna to ride the public. Oh, yeah. Yeah, give me that public money. I love it. Um, let's talk about the Camping World Bowl in Orlando, Florida, Iowa State, Notre Dame. The line's been moving a lot on this game from what I've seen. Um, but honestly, I like um, Notre Dame minus three and a half. Their record is, what, 10 and two? And Iowa State's seven and five. Like, Notre Dame's playing a lot of good, good teams. I like them to win this game by a flat-out touchdown. Yeah, you know, I'm actually going to disagree with you on this one. I Ooh. love Iowa State in this one. Iowa State's actually one of my strongest plays of all of bowl season right here. Yeah, and you know, I'm going to tell Cyclones. you why. Oh, yeah. The Cyclones have lost um, five. All five of their losses have been by one possession and been to good teams as well. Also, on top of all that, Matt Campbell's a great coach. And I think Brock Purdy will become a household name and possibly a top 10 pick next year in the NFL draft. Their quarterback, he's only a sophomore. I think Matt Campbell's done a great job at the program here. Also, Iowa State travels the best of one of, of any college programs. I mean, they're one of the best at traveling. They outsold all their tickets instantly when they went on sale. Like, I'm talking like the first week that bowl matchups were announced, they had already outsold all their tickets and were requesting more here from the Camping World Bowl. I know Notre Dame's a big name and everything, and they'll probably travel well too, but Iowa State's going to come out motivated here. I mean, Brian Kelly literally said, I think I screenshotted the tweet because it was that. I might have deleted it on accident, but basically Brian Kelly said that um, the team might have stayed out too late partying their first night down there and basically tried to – he basically made it a cute way of saying that the team stayed out too late partying and the team is not very interested here in playing this game. And all things being said with that, I think Iowa State's the only way I can go in this game. I also love the under as well. Both teams will run the ball a good bit, but I think Iowa State wins this game straight up, but I'm taking the three-and-a-half points just to be safe. Wow, give Penland the Cyclones. The Orange Bowl at Hard Rock in Miami, Florida. Virginia and Florida, two ranked teams. Um, <clears throat> 14 and a half is a very, very, very weird number. Makes Off a of first look, it makes me want to take Virginia just to cover the 14 and a half. But to me, if you can get 13 and a half, get any line movement on, on Florida minus 13 and a half, you should take it. Um, I probably honestly won't touch this game or make any plays on it, but... I kind of – I would go Virginia, Virginia if anything. I think they feel like they're being disrespected here, being the second-best team in the ACC and the fact that they're catching all these points. You know, I really feel like that that's a little bit of a factor. Also, Florida, you know, it's questionable motivation for them. How motivated are they to play in this bowl game? Um, also, I don't know if they can get that much margin. I mean, 14.5 to win by more than two touchdowns. That's a good bit of points there. Lots of – um, room for backdoors. Bryce Perkins, one of the less talked about players in college football. He's second in the ACC for accounting for uh, all total offense for your team. He's a very good player, their quarterback. So I probably wanted to playing anything here in this game, but to me, it's Virginia or pass. Okay. Um, if it stays at 14 and a half, I'm, I'm going to hit Virginia, but if you can get 13 and a half or right inside two scores, I like that. So now here we are on to the final four. Um, the first game we have is Oklahoma versus LSU and a pre pretty big point spread of 14. Oklahoma's plus 14. Um, I'm actually going to take Oklahoma. Me too. I'm going like, to buy the half point and then go above two scores. 
Yeah, I'm actually going to take 14. Look, I think it could be a lot like last year where Oklahoma backdoor covered. I think there's a lot of opportunity here for Oklahoma on the backdoor cover, and I honestly think that's what will end up happening one way or another. I think this game goes over here. Um, you know, I feel like that Oklahoma's not going to stop. I feel like they're going to keep on moving the ball up and down the field and get versus LSU, like no matter what happens, they're going to keep trying, keep trying, keep trying. LSU's defense to me is not crazy good. I mean, Georgia had plenty of opportunities. They just couldn't take they, advantage of them yeah, in that game. Yeah, they, had, they had a lot of yards and a lot of completed passes, but they just couldn't convert in the red zone and close. Yeah, I just think there's just too much opportunity here for Oklahoma to cover via the back door. So to me, it's Oklahoma or pass, but I mean, I'm definitely playing Oklahoma. It'll, it'll be small, like a unit or half unit, but I'm going to play on Oklahoma here for sure, plus the points. Yeah, you yeah you can, you can mark me down for a whole unit on Oklahoma plus 14 and a half with the ball full point. What would you say, over 75 and a half? Yeah, I mean, I don't see any way this game stays under the total. I'm, I'm going to say... 40, I'm gonna go with 37. I'm gonna go for, I'm gonna go 45 34 45 34 yeah I think I, I, I let's put it this way I'll be I'd be shocked if LSU gets stopped at all also one other thing is Oklahoma is missing a couple players star running back for LSU might be out here which I mean I think hurts the Hilaire team a good bit. He's, yeah he's big in their pass game is over 50 catches over 1300 on the ground I think that's I, I don't know I think that's pretty crucial there so I'm I'm leaning pretty hard on Oklahoma with the points and the over. So the the next game, which is the Fiesta Bowl in uh, Glendale, um, mm-hmm. I would have these two spreads flipped, and not just flipped, but I would have it further apart. Clemson is two point favorites right now. I think that Ohio State is hands down the better team when compared to Clemson. And Ohio State money line at plus one hundred five is my of course play. Like it's that's a mortal lock to me. Wow, um, I actually have Clemson winning the whole dance. I think they're going to really? win it all. I think they're the best team. I think they're being absolutely disrespected. They're nine and three this year against the spread. They're allowing the least total yards to any team in the NCA. They won eight straight games by over twenty five points, beating the crap out of everybody. This Clemson team, they had one bad game, and they still won. I mean, even Nick Saban will tell you the hardest thing to do in college football is to win every single game on your schedule. I mean, when you're that good, you're going to have a down game, and Clemson still found a way to put it in gear and win. I mean, ever since Trevor Lawrence started the season off slow, he's turned back to Heisman form, has like has no picks and over three touchdowns in his last six games. I mean, you got uh, Amari Ross. Um, you got Roger – or is it Am- Amari Rogers? Um, I think it's Quentin Ross, and um, I don't know why I'm drawing a blank on their other. T. Higgins, I mean, Travis Etienne, the running back. I mean, this team is stacked, in my opinion. Yeah, they lost a little bit on the defensive side of the ball, but let's remember, that game wasn't close against Notre Dame or Alabama. Not even close, and Lawrence has gotten better. I honestly really think Clemson's going to come out here and win this game by two scores. Dabo Sweeney's also nine and one ATS in bowl games, and he's been the underdog as the underdog as well in those bowl games. Nine and one ATS when he's the underdog in bowl games. That's an absolute crazy stat right there, Dabo. I mean, he's been getting it done. Those are against those are going up against Saban in national championships. He's the he's beaten him twice. Listen, I mean, they're not playing Camping World bowls. They're playing in in New Year's Six or playoff bowls. Yeah, and look, I I know people are going to say Clemson's played nobody this year. They haven't. Let me ask you this. 
Ohio State really hasn't played anybody either. I mean, Penn State, I will say that's a decent win, but Penn State with a third-string quarterback was moving the ball up and down the field. Field says he's only 80-85%, which I don't know if that's an excuse or what. I think it I is. I, I, th- I think he's playing mental, you know, kind of, oh, I'm going to give him an excuse to cut, try to game plan, but I'm really healthy, you know, like. Uh-huh. So I actually think that they're going to – I think – Clemson comes out here and blows the doors off him. Honestly, I real, I real, I, I wouldn't actually. I wouldn't say blows the doors off him, but I think Clemson wins by double digits here. I Ohio State at plus one hundred five. Ohio State is have a really stacked roster. And you got to think about it this way. I think out of out of one hundred and twenty total players that that Clemson dresses or not dresses, but is on the roster, I think eighty of them are, are freshmen or sophomores. They lost. They have lost so much talent up and down to the NFL and graduation. I, I just think that Clemson is being overrated, contrary to your point. I don't think they've played anybody. I think that playing Virginia in a ACC title game is laughable. I think that Ohio State has a, a harder schedule handedly before before Clemson, and I just think they're just going to win the game. And, and if you can get Ohio State at an underdog, you should definitely take it. And if, if, if this spread continues to rise, because whenever I first saw it, it was minus one or close to a pick. So if you can get over two and a half, if you, if you can get three or three and a half for, for Ohio State, you should definitely smash it. But I'm glad me and Penland disagree because this will be a good one to, to kind of let play out. Yeah, no, I'm glad you didn't agree with me on this one either. See, I didn't want to have to do this podcast by myself just because I knew that there's so many people who would disagree with my Clemson take. So I'm glad. Who do you think's going to win it all out of these four teams? LSU. Okay. I, I, I and then I'm, I'm like really never like that, but to me, they are the best team in college football. Hands down, like they they're head and shoulders above the rest of the other teams this year. Um, I said even when they played Alabama, even though Alabama might win because they're at home, I said LSU is the best team in college football, and it isn't very close. Yeah, you know, I really thought that that for there for a while, Ohio State had flashes the best team in college football, but you know, I kind of had to remind myself that I think that's what it is. I'm not it's gonna flashes. lie, I did it's it. Flashes. I did it a few times too. I can't even lie. A few times too, I kind of was like, like, you know, didn't even think. Just because we never really, you know, you kind of forgot about Clemson because they're not yeah. really in the prime time. And it wasn't really like going into a week like, wow, Clemson's got a big game they could lose. You know, like that was never a thought process. So you kind of forget about them a little bit. But when I sat down and thought about everything again, you know, kind of about I'm trying to think when it was. It was probably like week um week. By the way, Michigan State's kicker just missed a 31 yard field goal. That's awful. Oh, wow. But um, but uh, you know, when I kind of sat down and thought about everything a little bit, I was like, why? I'm like, how have I been forgetting about Clemson, man? This team's absolutely stacked and been blowing the doors off off everyone um so that's the that's where I, way i gotta go yeah well like i said i'm glad that we disagree because bowl games are kind of like this it's good when teams are kind of surprising and low-key like clemson is is because we don't have to know how good they are so they kind of surprise us or live up to our expectations when it's you know kind of hard cheering for the patriots or something like that because they always live up to expectations so it's good to have a little bit of drama good to have a little bit of good bowl games um, the spreads are kind of weird for these two. Maybe I just don't have as good a read as I thought I did on these games. Spreads are kind of weird, but um, I'm really excited to watch the two games on um, was it the thirtieth? Yeah. No, the twenty eighth. Twenty eighth. Oh yeah, yeah. It's, it's tomorrow. Tomorrow. Tomorrow, Saturday. God Almighty, the week just went by so fast. My mother's birthday, so if you're listening, wish her a happy birthday. Um, uh, Thomas Benland, or. Um, we're actually going to do, and if you'll come back on with me next Tuesday, earlier earlier on next Tuesday, like if you can use your lunch break to do a podcast, um, 
I was going to do the the rest of the bowl games and then NFL playoffs next Tuesday. That way we can get them in before the, the bowl games are played on Wednesday. Yeah, no, that sounds good to me. Let's do it. All right, well, Thomas Penland, I have nothing else if you don't. I got nothing else left, Cohen. Appreciate you letting me come on once again. Don't worry, my man. Plug yourself and we'll get the hell out of here. Yeah, follow me on Twitter, like I said earlier, at TP3Wins. Put my bets, my thoughts. Y'all can comment on there, say you're an idiot. Y'all can agree with me, whatever. Just say something. Um, yeah, just say something. Let me know. I just want, I want to make sure y'all re- uh, see what I got to say. So follow me at TP3Wins and then on Instagram at TP3Bets. Cohen, <clears throat> what about you, Cohen? Plug yourself as well. Yeah, I'm at Cohen underscore Hughes on Instagram. Um, I'm on the podcast page at, at TDDPod on Instagram and Twitter. Um I'm on Facebook at Cohen Hughes. Just search that. And then we're also on the Facebook group, Daily Degenerate Sports Shit Talk and Trash Talk. Um, send me a message. Either me or Penland or whoever else is in it will send you an invite. Um, it's a pretty funny page. We do stats, shit talk, betting, whatever the fuck else. It's just a big hodgepodge of everyone in America being degenerates. So, ladies and gentlemen, best of luck on your bets. Um, glad to sit here and talk with you and get make some money, hopefully. So, um, we will see you next Tuesday. By midday Tuesday, the episode should be up. Um, other than that, best of luck. Have a good day. Rate, like, subscribe, whatever else, whatever else you do, you know. And um, this has been episode 121. Thanks for listening.